This is the Very Necessary Podcast. Come on in, have a seat, and unplug from the world while listening to Jennifer, Vaughn, Yoshi, and Sue, where you get our unapologetic view on relationships, balance, careers, and how we handle it all, or how we don't. This podcast is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You can catch us each and every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. Thank you for tuning in today. As always, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are available. Make sure you hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, or you can hit me up on Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. I hope you guys miss me because I missed y'all as always. It's new episode Wednesday. We got a lot to jump into, so let's go ahead and get it started. We're going to start off with a little bit of basketball today. We're talking about basketball. The Brooklyn Nets are real life in before, <laughs> directly in before our eyes trying to win themselves a championship. In case you missed it, uh, just before the tra- de- trade deadline last Thursday, They were able to acquire LaMarcus Aldridge, the center forward. Um, They have already this season made the acquisitions of Mr. Blake Griffin and one Mr. James Harden. So currently their roster looks a little something like this. You got LaMarcus Aldridge. You got the Bruce Brown, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. You've got Kevin Durant. You have got Jeff Green. You got, as I mentioned, Blake Griffin. You got James Harden, Joe Harris. You got Kyrie Irving. You got DeAndre Jordan. They got Jackie Moon, Billy Hoyle, Air Bud, Jesus Shuttlesworth. I'm talking about they trying to get everybody to beat LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I'm all for, yo, do what you got to do to get out there and get your ring. Like, I'm all for that. I'm a, I'm a guy who believes in, oh, I'm going to win. Like, some people say, oh, I want to go through the best and beat the best. And, and that's cool. And I respect that. But if the best don't make it, guess what? I'm going to win. <laughs> that is, that's just my mentality. That's how I rock with it. That's how I'm going to believe. But these boys say, guess what? We can go through the best or we can just get everybody and become the best. If it wasn't bad enough that they've made all the trades and the acquisitions that they've made, they were also trying to uh, initiate a trade with the Golden State Warriors uh, to exchange Kelly Oubre for Spencer Dinwiddie. Now, I understand, okay, Kelly, you know, is doing his thing out in Golden State. But you take and add him into that team. It's like, really? The rich just keep getting richer. Now, I heard one commentator mention competitive balance. I'm all for the super teams. Um, When the Lakers were down, I actually, I'm not going to lie, I watched the Golden State Warriors. I I was not going to say I was a fan of the Warriors, but again, I watched them. I like watching good ball. I like watching dominance. And the, the, the Warriors were definitely that. But this has a different feel to it. 
Something about this absolutely screams, yo, I don't care what them boys doing, we going to win. <laughs> Something about this doesn't seem like they're trying to assemble a team. It just really gives me Lakers vibes from when we had, um, when we went and had the glove to come and had the mailman to join in. It was like, it just gave me those vibes. And we saw how that worked out. And I understand a lot of these guys aren't the players that they used to be. I saw up and down Facebook, the arguments about, oh, Blake Griffin is washed. Oh, LaMarcus Aldridge is old. He's not the same player he once was. If you take a fraction of the talent that these men possess, if they're 10% of what they used to be, and then you amplify that by putting them on a team with Kevin Durant, with James Harden, with Kyrie Irving, with DeAndre Jordan, with the shooting ability of, a, of Spencer Dinwiddie, with the lockdown defense of Bruce Brown. Like, I don't care if these guys are literally the Humpty Dumpty fell off a wall, broke up, put back together pieces and pieces was missing shells of themselves. They are still going to be quality players for the Brooklyn Nets. It's just that just is what's going to happen. Now, I understand this, and I acknowledge they have to take the time to allow their um, their competitive juices to meld together, Pauls. They got to take the time to get to a point where they, as a team, will collectively be paying good ball, but I don't see anybody in the East beating him. Boston doesn't look like themselves this year. Miami may give him a run. I could see that, but... Honestly, I don't know who is going to beat them. And then if the Lakers don't mess around and get healthy soon, we might not even be able to beat them. And and, and for those of you who missed it, the Lakers did make an acquisition. We uh, were able to get Mr. Drummond. He did not get traded. We were able to buy him out, um, which was a good look. And I think his defense alone, coupled with his outstanding, literally just amazing rebounding, is going to be able to take us to where we need to be. But that that's key and it's hinging on if we are able to get healthy. Mr. Drummond is one of the best rebounders in the last 25 years. And although that's not a stat that gets the flash and the glitz and the glam like it used to, he's a dog. What allowed us to win the, temp, the championship last year in the bubble was the fact that we offensive rebounded every team we played to death. Nobody had anything for the size and just the length that we had on the inside and, and and I think with AD still coming coming back healthy and with Drummond, we still may be able to go ahead and, you know, make some noise and, and, and have that asset uh, to be a tool, to have the offensive rebounding just to be really a tool. But I would much rather than the rebounding, just some shooting. Kuzma, talking to you. <laughs> I would love to see him going down from the bottom of the nets. But again, it'll be interesting to see and we will definitely Watch out to see what happens in the playoffs. Before we know it, it is going to be here. The playoffs and NBA are going to be an outstanding event this year, and I'm really looking forward to it. Lakers, y'all don't let me down, please. Come on. We know that Brooklyn is building a super team, and we know they got the Monstars over there, but uh, we got this. Get well soon, LeBron James. We'll talk about you a little bit later in the show, but you and AD, y'all heal up, rest up, and um, we'll see y'all soon. So we're going to jump from the NBA to the NFL. In less than one month, we will hear this sound. That's right. It is almost time for the NFL draft, April 29th. Whoo, 
since our last show this weekend, y'all, there was some noise being made in the NFL. Teams were trading in and out of the top 10 like they were switching T-shirts and jackets out on the playground. I'm trying to tell you about it at the top. Miami traded the number three overall pick to the San Francisco 49ers. In return, they received the number 12 pick, a 2022 first round pick, a 2022 third round pick, and a 2023 first round pick. And if that wasn't enough, if they were like, okay, you know, I think we've done a little bit of no, done a little bit today. Let's go ahead and relax. Nope. Miami, Miami also traded the number 12 pick, the fourth, their fourth round pick at 123, and their 2022 first round pick to Philadelphia to trade back into the top 10, but this time to the number six overall pick. Uh, they also received a fifth round pick number 156. This trade, the first one with the 49ers, said a lot to me. From the Miami side, it says that they are absolutely all in on Tua Tungalavailoa. They felt like, okay, hey, there's no need for us to stay up here. We can get value. Yes, they've got multiple first-round picks already. And yes, they had a lot to do uh, in the second rounds and all of these other picks. But they said, you know what? We're going to get as many picks as we can and put as many valuable players around our quarterback because he is our guy. I know a lot of folks were saying, oh, well, they benched him last season and they didn't give him the burn and they weren't sure on him. He was not fully healthy. The injury that he sustained was the same one that ended Bo Jackson's career. And so for that young man to take that time off and to have recovered and play at the level that he did last year in the league was highly impressive. I ain't got no qualms with the Dolphins. I mean, I know some of their fans are like probably 70 and 80. No offense to, you know, Dolphin fans out there. <laughs> but again, they, they, they've just not had that relevance. We can, we've seen them have a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill and mismanage him. Now, that's an Adam Gase thing, and he's doing his thing up in, in or has done his thing up in New York with their quarterback, but another story for another show. But for them to have had that quarterback and not fully realize his potential and get rid of him prior to really devoting that time necessary is a mistake that I think they learned from. And so this move to trade down from the number three pick, in this instance to the number 12 overall, really seems like they're committed to Tua and really willing to give him a chance to grow, to develop, and to be the franchise quarterback that, that they can believe him to be. Now, the move, the second move that they made, trading from trading that number 12 pick um, oh, down to Philadelphia to get back into the top 10, simply sig signals to me that they saw something in one of those wide receivers that they are going to go after. It's either, and here's my here's my guess, because, you know, Sports Tradamus will put his hat on and let you guys know what I think and kind of make my predictions. That's the reason that I'm the host, you know, my prerogative. But I honestly believe that they will either get Jalen Waddle or they are going to take the tight end out of Florida, Mr. Kyle Pitts. They need wide receivers for him to be able to, 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 to catch the ball <laughs> or throw the ball to. Now, again, some may say, oh, them signing Will Fuller really eliminated the need for one of the big receivers or the tight end. But really, how many playmakers can you have before you're really satisfied? I think both Kansas City and Tampa Bay being in the Super Bowl littered on the offensive side with offensive talent does not just go over lightly with a lot of these teams. They realize that you have to have not just one, a great number one, and then a supporting cast and round receivers. You need dynamic receivers up and down the field. They also realize that you need a dynamic running back. 
You need offensive linemen, first of all, to keep your guy upright. And so if they were even to go in the offensive line direction, I wouldn't be like upset with them. But I highly believe that they are going for either the wide receiver, Jalen Waddle, or Mr. Kyle Pitts. So we will keep an eye on that and see if Sports Dramas has delivered yet another sports gym ahead of its time for you guys. But yeah, the Dolphins are making some moves, and I think they they are on the right track. And I'm really looking forward to see what they're able to do moving forward. Now, let's take a look down from the 49ers perspective. As I mentioned, they traded the number 12 overall pick, a number their first round pick next year, the third round pick next year, and a third round first round pick in 2023 for the number three overall pick. What does that mean to you? To me, it screams quarterback. It literally screams quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo has been a disappointment to the 49ers. They are talented on the defensive side, talented on the offensive side. And Mr. Game Manager Tom Brady Jr. has not been the answer for them on the offensive side at quarterback position. Now, some say that there's likelihood that Garoppolo gets traded back to New England. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Him and Cam in a little competition may be a good thing for the Patriots. But for the 49ers, they are absolutely hungry for quarterback play. They've traded back up to that number three spot. And let's take a look at and hear what Doug Gottlieb feels that pick is going to be. Now, their assistant general manager is going to watch Justin Fields at his pro day. But Matt Burroughs, who covers the Niners for the Athletics, said Alabama quarterback Matt Jones says he's watched a lot of 49ers tape, says their drop-back passing game is similar to what Alabama does, calls it super quarterback-friendly offense, and oh yeah, by the way, Shanahan and Lynch, both at Mac Jones Pro Day. That, to me, is revealing for several different reasons. One, they're not going to just both attend something um, without wanting to really, really, really get their eyes on it. Every team is going to get the footage and the film from these pro days. But for the coach and the GM to both go says a lot. Not to mention coupled with the fact that there was another pro day for another quarterback that they were allegedly interested in. And just they decided both not to go. That screams something else to me. But here's another thing to consider. One of the most frequent comparisons that I've heard from Mac Jones happens to be a Mr. Matt Ryan, quarterback, former league MVP of the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Shanahan's best coaching job came as the offensive coordinator for a team that he took to the Super Bowl and with a quarterback that he then led to in league MVP. That quarterback, Mr. Matt Ryan. Now, granted, yeah, they got up 28 to 3. Shout out to my Falcons fans and lost in the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. But Kyle Shanahan loved his time with Matt Ryan. And so to see the opportunity for a quarterback with a similar skill set, somebody who already has watched 49ers games, somebody who already has a desire to to want to win, to want to be there, somebody who's won on the highest levels in college football, it just seems like a match made in heaven. If this one doesn't go that way, I will literally be shocked on drafting. This screams... Mac Jones, even if they don't pick Mac Jones, this screams quarterback for sure. I don't think there's any arguing. One of the key indicators for that, the 49ers do not have a first round pick for the next two years. 
Mr. Lynch, you better be sure about this. <laughs> I know like everything that I said with Kyle Shanahan and everything. And, and again, it seems like it's going to be the, the, the likely pick, but it better be the right pick. Um, if you don't get much back for Garoppolo or if, the, if it doesn't work out, the 49ers could find themselves very quickly in a whole world of hurt. But for the sake of all the 49ers fans out there, let's just hope let's just hope it turns out and works out in their favor. But we'll see. Now, lastly, let's talk about the Eagles. Um, they trade the number six overall pick and a fifth round pick, the, as I mentioned earlier, the 156, to Miami for the number 12 pick and a fourth round pick, number 123, and a 2022 first round pick. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I know what they're doing because um, – I don't know that they know what they're doing. <laughs> I want to give a special shout out to my frat brother, Jalen Hurts, bro. We wish you the best. We wish you wish you just much success. But I'm, um, I don't know what your team doing, bro. <laughs> they uh, when Miami traded down, it seemed like they, you know, oh, they we, they had a plan. They're committing to their quarterback. And although this looks a bit similar, they're saying, hey, Jalen Hurts is our guy. We do not need another quarterback. We can get more. We we can trade down and get a little bit more, but. To trade that number six and a fifth round pick for the number 12 and a fourth round pick, eh. Now I get, yes, the number 20, the 2022 first round pick is going to be a good a good thing for them next year, but um, it really just is going to depend on what they do with it. They need skilled position players. At the number six position, they could have got Jamar Chase. They could have got Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle. They just almost could have gotten pretty much anybody to go along with Hurts to help them out, but with them trading down to number 12, it's not likely that the majority of those players are going to be there because I'm going to tell you one thing. I don't know what the Panthers are doing at the number eight pick, but if we don't pick somebody, it's, it's going to be some smoke in the city. I'm just trying to tell you. But with the number 12 pick, the Eagles will likely still be able to get maybe the third or fourth best receiver. And honestly, this, this draft is just a deep draft for quarterbacks and receivers. So I guess their mentality and thinking if I had to just guess at it, it would be that, hey, we'll be able to get that first round pick next year and still get a quality wide receiver this year. Um, maybe with that fourth round pick, they may pick up another offensive lineman to keep my guy protected. But um, they, they really, really, really need to go ahead and make some moves. Um, with the draft capital that they have in 2021 and 2022, they have a league high 11 picks in the draft, including the number 12 and 37 picks. Additionally, depending upon what Mr. Carson Wentz does out there in Indy, uh, they may be able to get um, next year a fourth round pick or even a third round pick as a result of his uh, play. So we definitely want to keep an eye on them. As I mentioned, it's, I think it's like 75% of the snaps that he's got to play. Um, and if they make the playoffs, they get like a third round or something like that. But the the, the Eagles just seem like they kind of in full rebuild mode, and I really, really, really don't want them to waste the talents of Mr. Jalen Hurts. I don't believe that he is a league MVP caliber player. Um, he's my frat and, you know, rude to the cues, but we'll keep an eye out and see what happens with him moving forward. Now, just before I move on from the NFL, in case you missed it, the NFL owners have approved the expansion of the regular season. We will have 17 games this year in a regular season. The way they're going to do that, they're going to take away one of the uh, preseason games and add on to this regular season. 
Uh, the season will begin on Thursday night, September the 9th, and will end January 9th, 2022. Now, the Pro Bowl is going to still be played on February 6th, but what they've done is they've pushed the Super Bowl back one week from February 6th to February 13th. Um, it was a lot of commotion when they were trying to get this CVA approved earlier, and, and a lot of the players were saying, no, we need to wait. They're trying to do too much in this. Yeah, we get a little bit more money, but they're going to be doing getting way more money. They're going to have the power to do too much. And, and, and true to form, the players accepted it in, in, in a majority, and it's now caused them to have an extra game. It seems a little bit hypocritical to me that the league screams player safety, player safety. We are concerned about our players' safety. And yet you add another game. And not even another preseason game. And I get, okay, they took away one of the preseason games. The players are hardly playing in the preseason. I think this past year without a preseason proved by how many players were just not in shape, the poor quality of ball at the beginning of the season, that the preseason is a necessity. They, are, they, much like many of us, are creatures of habit. We're used to doing certain things certain ways. And so these NFL players are used to having those four games to kind of warm up, get their bodies in shape, because there's only so much hitting you're going to do in training camp. There's only so much that you're going to do in practices. And after a certain point, you just get tired of hitting your own guys. You want to go hit some other colors and put some hats on numbers with a different team. And so the preseason is an essential part of the development for the league and for the season. So to take away from that, to then extend the season, to put more miles, more wear, more tear on the players' bodies, seems like it's not going to be a good look and could really potentially have um, some long-lasting effects. So we, we'll see how it works, but there are already players who are coming out. Mr. Alvin Kamara was not here for it. If you want to, want to see what he said, I'm not going to put it on my air because, you know, we're a nice family show, but... Bro was not happy with it. You can check him out on Twitter, but he had some choice language with a two or three word <laughs> message that was littered with, uh, yeah, color. But the, the league says what we are actually doing is following the data and following the science to make sure that we are doing things both from a health and safety standpoint, as well as seeking to get better in every way. Bro, y'all trying to get y'all pockets better. Y'all trying to get that money better. Um, I'm not upset. It added, the addition, the additional game for the Carolina Panthers means a trip down to Reliance Stadium and the Houston Texans. Now, I don't know about nobody else. I'm still holding on hope that my guy, Deshaun Watson, is going to be a Carolina Panther. Can you imagine that in week, what is this going to be, week 18, the 17th game of our season, the return of Deshaun Watson to Houston? It'll be a good look. So I'm definitely interested in seeing it now they said the full 2021 schedule will be released released a little bit later in the spring but yeah like i said alvin kamara was not here for it <laughs> green bay packers safety and uh, adrian amos also tweeted we really let this happen yeah, listen the the, the player's salaries aren't going to be changed it just spreads an extra week over so basically in some instances, they're going to be not losing money, but getting less per game in an instance. Additionally, their player benefits will also be altered. Uh, with the 17-game option trigger, it changes the offseason like procedures. It changes the in-season workouts. And so as a result, they're going to have less access to a lot of the things that they're used to in these facilities that help them keep it. So again, I just don't understand how the NFL can preach and scream player safety, player safety. And then put the players in a position to not be as safe and to really just kind of wear themselves out a lot quicker. 
They can't be upset with nobody. Sorry, that's not. They can't be upset with anyone other than themselves. They put themselves in the position. Now, I will say that this is going to make for a very interesting CBA once this one expires to see that they listen to some of the players and not others, but to see that perspective when they get there, what they are going to do to correct this and or if they're going to drag their feet. So uh, don't be surprised if there's another lockout at the conclusion of this um, CBA, but I'm really, really hoping it's not. Come on, players. Think about your future. Think about the next players. But just before we go, it is mail time. You've got mail. We've got a couple of emails coming into the Carolina Sports Talk line today. The first is from a good friend of mine, Miss Sandra Robinson. She says, hey, Big Cliff, you did a great job with the Deshaun Watson topic. You handled the victim's perspective well. I appreciate your ability to pivot on your point of view as the number of cases increased. However, because you know there's always a however, right? I don't agree that LeBron James should disclose whether he is going to take the COVID vaccine. I see it as a personal health choice, and as such, he should not have to disclose it. At what point should a person's platform stop? What should be deemed personal if you are a celebrity? I'm going before I get ready to answer that question. Thank you, uh, Sandra, for listening. You will be receiving your Carolina Sports Talk magnet the next time I see you. Um, now, again, before I answer her, this next email is actually along the same topic. This one comes from my guy, Be Easy, host of the DJ Blaze Radio Show podcast, one of my fellow Crux Media guys. He says, "What's up, Big Cliff? I wanted to respond to one to the one listener that wanted LeBron to be vocal about the vaccine." I think the reason he's being quiet is because he either isn't going to get it or isn't sold on it yet. Appreciate the show and keep up the good work. Thank you. Be easy. You already got your magnet, so you don't don't get but one. But y'all, Mr. LeBron James and his decisions. Uh, Let's go back to Sandra first and start off. He should not have to disclose it. At what point should a person's celebrity platform stop? Their celebrity platform should stop when they decide that they're going to use it. As I mentioned last week, uh, LeBron James has chosen not to disclose whether he and her fa- his family will be receiving the vaccine shot. Um, and some may say, yes, that's his prerogative. He's still an individual. He gets an option to be able to be a private citizen. But as I argued last week, I will reiterate and, and restate today. When you choose to use your platform, you now have an obligation to use said platform. I'm not saying that he should come out and say, yes, I'm going to take it if he's not going to take it. I'm not going to say he should say, no, I'm not going to take it if he's going to take it. Don't lie. But he has the obligation to use it, whether it be to say, well, I'm going to take the shot because I feel like X, Y, Z. Or if he's going to say, well, no, I'm not going to take the shot because of X, Y, Z. There are people's lives who literally are hanging on the decisions that others make. And I'm not saying it's his obligation to be Mr. Fauci and say, you know, have the research and all that. But when people are looking to him and the the questions are specifically asked of him, it is his responsibility to answer. I'm not saying whether or not he should feel like he's obligated to answer on behalf of his family or to say, yeah, me and Bernie going to get our shot tomorrow, man. But he does have the obligation to open his mouth and speak one way or the other because it was specifically asked of him and he has chosen this platform. It's not something that was thrust upon him per se. 
Um, but he had that option and ability early on in his career to just not do it, to not say anything. Or as, as I mentioned last week, as one commentator or one uh, political analyst said, shut up and dribble. He could have done that, but he chose not to. And so he has that obligation to fulfill that. Now, once he's no longer in the public eye or not playing basketball or whatever his endeavors may be after basketball, then yes, he can become that private citizen. But as long as he is King James and there are millions across the world looking to him for whatever that they may have looked to him. Now, and again, I'm not even one that follows him. I'm not one that feels, oh, if a pol- politician or a celebrity or someone famous says something that, oop, because they said it, I got to go. The whole co- commercial thing and celebrity endorsements, I, I don't care. Like, okay, it's cool to hear what you say to have your opinion. But at the end of the day, me being a man, being a wise man, I am going to seek those decisions for myself. However, comma, there are those who at least will be inspired if he says, yes, I am going to take this vaccine. There'll be those that right now saying, no, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to wait and let everybody else take it and herd immunity going to protect me. There are those that if he says he's going to take it, will abandon that line of thinking and say, well, if, if he's going to do it, I, I might need to do it. We each in our own way are role models and we each have a responsibility to mind the words that we say and how they affect others. Again, his obligation isn't to come and be in favor of it or be against it. It's simply to use his platform for the good of the people that he says he loves for the same reasons that he went and used that same platform for the good of people in other instances. He needs to do so in this one as well. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, or you can find me on Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. Peace. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice.